The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. All these homilies are the same in content as those preached. They have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, you know what Father Rod always says. Long gospel, short homily. Well, today we got a short gospel. I'm just kidding. Short, but a great message. If we follow Jesus, he will give us eternal life, and we shall never perish. He and the Father are one, great and greater than all. They have us in their hand, and no one can take us out of their hands. No other person or being can take us out of the hand of God. But, of course, people can and do jump out of the hand of God all the time. In reflecting on that point, I thought I would share a few stories from the past few weeks. So, I have been doing battle with a critter recently. Critter is a technical term for a small unidentified animal that gets up close and personal to your living space. In this case, what I believe, but cannot to this point prove, is a chipmunk has found itself a spot near my front door where it routinely scratches and gnaws or otherwise makes critter noises that annoy the heck out of my darling wife, Mary, who works from home and has to listen to them all day long, anticipating its entry into the house. Among the varied responses to the critter issue, we tried putting out traps to catch and relocate it. The traps were successful in catching a wide variety of wildlife, but unfortunately not the critter in question. The first story I want to share relates to a raccoon I caught in one of the traps. In spite of his suspicious mask, I do not believe he is the critter in question, but he presented me with a challenge nonetheless. I always check the traps in the morning before I leave for mass or work, and on the morning in question, I noticed that the entire trap was missing from where I had set it. I found it a good 15 yards away in the street in front of my house, with this raccoon firmly trapped inside. He had apparently rolled it over repeatedly, taking it down the slope of my front yard until it landed in the street. For those of you who think of raccoons as cute and cuddly, little teddy bear-like creatures, let me enlighten you that they are not, especially when they have been stuck in a trap most of the night. It was pouring rain, and all I wanted to do was release this angry, wet captive and get on with my morning. But unfortunately, 
opening the cage required releasing a catch that held the door in place, and that catch was alarmingly close to Mr. Unhappy Raccoon's teeth. I tried using a five-foot length of iron rebar to trip the latch and free him, but I was unsuccessful after several attempts. And with cold rain running down my neck and this raccoon hissing and wanting to bite me, I am sorry to admit that I struggled. And as I became more and more frustrated, I used several words that deacons, or lay people for that matter, are not supposed to use. It was at this point that I realized, thanks be to God, that I had not prayed about this matter. So I went into the garage and spent several minutes in prayer, both repenting of my language and seeking an answer to my dilemma. When I returned to the trap, I discovered that the raccoon had flipped the cage over again, and that in doing so, allowed me to determine that with the cage upside down, instead of having to trip the latch and lift the door up as I had been trying to do, I could now trip the latch and push down on the door much more easily, allowing my furry captive to go his way, which he did, hissing and glaring as he went. There was no doubt in my mind that this was an example of answered prayer, and I only wished that I had been smart enough to pray first rather than attempting the release on my own. I would have been drier, happier, and had less to confess. Lesson learned. If we want to stay in the hand of God, we need to remember we are there in the first place and turn to Him in every moment of need. Well, we finally figured out that the critter was under the door behind the faceplate covering the area below the door between the concrete porch and the house. And this time, having learned my lesson, Mary and I prayed together before I attempted to remove that faceplate. And I was able to do so without doing any damage, which, if you have ever seen me do home repair, no, is nothing short of a miracle. What we discovered was an area behind the porch, between the concrete and the foundation, where the critter had tunneled and made itself comfortable, although it had fled the scene before I got there. Off to the home improvement store I went to obtain some anti-pest spray foam filler to fill in this area. However, while purchasing the item, I realized that the nozzle that came with it was not going to do the job. It was only about 10 inches long, and I needed to get this down between the boards and into the den tunnel area that covered a two to three foot distance at least. I wondered, was there something in the store that might help me extend the nozzle to accomplish this task? I approached one of the employees and explained what I was looking for, and I'm not sure that he understood my question but he offered that there might be something either in the paint or hardware department. In my mind, I had been thinking that there was something near the PVC pipe and around the plumbing stuff, so I decided to disregard his advice and look there first. I was pleased to find a coil of plastic tubing that fit tight to the can's nozzle and allowed me to shoot this stuff well down into the space that I wanted to fill. In the same way, that I asked the store guy where I might find the tubing I was looking for, even though I had a pretty good idea where I might find it. When faced with life's tough questions, those that involve integrity, morality, 
faith, and the like. We often know the answer, but we ask the world in hopes of finding a more comfortable one, an easier one, a more popular one. We know in our hearts what the church teaches. We know in our hearts what the Bible says about it. We have a pretty good idea what the right answer is. But we ask around looking for someone to validate the easier answer, the one we want to hear, the popular path. And we can often make the mistake of accepting the wisdom of the world in place of the truth. Part of the problem is that sometimes those people we ask that are in the world don't understand the question. They think that we are asking them how I can make my life easier, more enjoyable, more fun, less challenging and less work. How can I put myself first? How can I take care of me? When the question we are really asking or should be asking is how do I obtain eternal life? Which decision is going to be the best for me and my relationship with God? What will help me to love God and my neighbor as God calls me to? And to avoid sin. Paul and Barnabas would have found it much easier going if they had softened their message to appease the Jewish locals who so violently opposed them. But they would not compromise the truth of their message. The reading from Acts doesn't say those who were destined for an easy life came to believe, but instead says those destined for eternal life came to believe. Okay, enough about the critter. I'll try to update you on my success or failure next homily. But one last story. Tuesday of this week, my son Joe Jr. and I drove into Cleveland to attend the Indians-White Sox game. It was a cold and windy night in a rather disappointing game, which had the Indians down 2-0 in the bottom of the eighth inning, when, with two outs, a couple of hits and a walk loaded the bases with Carlos Santana, the Indians' cleanup hitter at bat, with a chance for a tie or for the Indians to take the lead. All 25 of the fans in the stadium were on their feet. Okay, maybe there were a few more of us than that, but not many. Anyway, we were on our feet when Santana drove a ball down the right field line and over the fence. Unfortunately, foul. Two pitches later, we were still on our feet when he took a called third strike, ending the inning without a score and ultimately losing the game after a quiet ninth. My first response was to regret it having even gotten that close, just to be disappointed. But upon further review, I realized that it was for just such a moment that we went to the game. Even though in this case the home team did not score, the thrill of the opportunity, the excitement of the at-bat, the uncertain outcome, that risk-reward climactic moment is what makes the game enjoyable. It was exactly what we wanted to see and experience. It occurred to me later that this may be the same reason we were created, with a free will and the opportunity to choose between good and evil, right and wrong, to love God or reject his love, to obey God or reject his word. Over and over, God presents us with or allows opportunities to respond to the difficulties, the challenges, and the temptations of life. Whether something as simple as getting a raccoon out of a trap or as complicated as dealing with 
a relationship, health, or financial issue. In each case, he stands ready to assist, to respond as a loving father, but also prepared to let us proceed on our own if that is our choice. He provides his word, his sacraments, and his church as a means to guide his flock, but allows us each to go astray like sheep if that is what we choose. His ear is ever attentive to our call, yet he will not force himself into our lives. God wants nothing more than for us to survive the time of great distress and wash our robes white in the blood of the Lamb. But he remains not a tyrant, but a shepherd, not forcing, but asking for our obedience, guiding with love and mercy away from the edge and into the center of his loving hand. Send questions or comments regarding this podcast to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com. Oh.